Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. This is Dr. John Duffy. I am your host, as always. Um, the whole idea behind Undo Anxiety is that we get together, we tell our stories, um, we kind of share them with each other, and we recognize ourselves in a lot of these stories, maybe wholly, maybe just in little parts. Um, and the grand, broad idea is to undo some of the undue anxiety that we all suffer um, virtually every day. And I really do think that we do, that, that, that there's something um, that all of us are going through. Um, and if we just talk about it and we take some of the taboo away from whatever it is that we're going through, things get better. I'm very confident of that. And, and I think I'm sitting across from a kindred spirit as far as that goes. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Brubaker is here with me. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here um, on what, it, what is, I think, going to prove to be a cold and snowy day here in Chicago. Um, Jessica, you have a, a Facebook page called Hashtag Better Every Day. Can you, can you tell me what this is and what it's all about? So Hashtag Better Every Day is about finding the things in your life to focus on that will give you reasons to get better, no matter what your challenge may be that you're facing. And the members on the group face any number of challenges from just day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. to things like cancer or diabetes or arthritis or any other number of ailments or, right. or challenges. Um, and it came about personally um, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer earlier this year. Yeah. Um, the name specifically, hashtag better every day, came up one day we were playing in my kid's room and my it was before I started my chemo and my husband said, you know, he, we had all this anxiety around what was happening. We were very anxious about getting started and just getting into treatments and just kind of doing everything we could to put this behind us. And um, every day we were trying to do something. Yeah. And he said to me, he's like, you know, once you start treatment, you're literally getting better every day, which is true. You know, once you start chemo, it's the medicine's in your body. It's working for you. Like, there's lots of things, you know, working for you there. And I said, you know, I think you're on to something and that kind of became my thing and so you know shortly thereafter I started using hashtag better every day on my Facebook posts and things like that uh -huh. and people started really responding um, and it just has kind of grown from there so you know while I was going through treatment we my husband and I would use it back and forth you know he some days it was because we got a great test result or something huge like that right other days it was you know it was just a nice day in Chicago and it didn't rain, which was a great, re you know, great reason to be happy. So, so you almost find yourself seeking out the things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. being more conscious of everything that's happening in your life and how even the smallest thing might bring you joy or give you a reason to, you know, to smile or, you know, lighten your load for the day. So I, I love that the, the take that you and your husband kind of developed in that moment about, you know, chemo being like, kind of like, well, it might be the last thing anybody really chooses to do, but Every day that you do it, you're better every day. But this started before you even started chemotherapy, right? So I'm thinking about that that period of time between diagnosis and the beginning of treatment seems so arduous and so unknown. And to come up with something that lifts you up somewhere in there, that seems particularly impressive to me somehow. <laughs> Did it work? Did it, I mean, was it a, uh, a distraction or was it something that really felt like, yeah, this feels like a better day, a better day than it would be if I weren't present and aware of it. I think it, for us, it really worked. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think I feel like personally that this is still so important to me. Um, you know, I could be having a really bad day or you'd be frustrated because you weren't, you know, getting the appointment scheduled or you weren't getting the call from insurance that you needed or whatever it may have been. Right. And my husband would be like, but this happened today. You know, and it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you could hold on to that one thing, whatever that was. And, you know, like I said, sometimes they were big things. Sometimes they were little things. And, you know, paying attention to those little things over time, I'm even more grateful for them, right? Like now I catch myself finding these little things and like being like, oh, that's a thing. You know, like that's my, that's, that's my thing today, you know? And if, and if you guys look up hashtag every day on Facebook, you will see that Jessica is not, <laughs> Jess is not making this up, that she really does find these these things. Were you like this before? So I noticed that your diagnosis, <laughs> if, I, if I read your story right, your diagnosis came on maybe the cruelest of dates for a diagnosis. Can you tell us about that? So I 
went in for appointments in late March, mm-hmm. um, just traditional like follow-up appointments for something I had an ailment I had been dealing with for a couple years, and they ended up doing a mammogram March 30th, and April 1st was when I found out. April 1st. April Fool's Day. That is not right, right? That is, <laughs> I mean, I talk about adding insults to right. injury, right? <laughs> and we, my husband and I, you know, we maybe we have a terrible sense of humor. We, I remember joking on the way to the doctor that day, being like, I just hope she called us in for like a cool April Fool's <laughs> Right, I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'm sure that professionally that would be everything wrong, but <laughs> right. I just there's a part of me that just hopes that's why she said, you know, you really need to come in and talk to us. You're, pro- you're right, that Hippocratic Oath probably doesn't allow for that kind of joke, but I get your point. Right. So, so if we go back to April a year ago, April, mm-hmm. because this was April of 2016, this was just a few months ago, yeah. really. If we go back a year be- before that, were you a very positive person? Were you a positive family, or did was this necessary in order for this to arise? Um, I probably, I don't know. I guess I, I've always been a fairly positive person. Uh. Um, you know, a lot of times people will sometimes say I'm probably poly, too Pollyanna for some situations. Right. Um, but I do think the last what, eight months have shown me that, you know, I'm also a normal person. Yeah. You know, like I've had the really bad days. And I've had the days where even this is hard to think about. Like, even trying to find something good is hard. Um, So I think, you know, in general, I'd say I'm a positive person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say the last couple months have shown me how important it is to focus on trying to do that. Uh, On a bad day, how arduous a task is that? So there's actually, my boss asked me the other day, because this isn't obviously this isn't my job but so my boss asked me the right. other day he said you know how like how much work is that like do you like doing that still and i said you know honestly the days that it's the hardest are the days i think it's most important like the days that i have to dig the deepest to find something to the days that i have to really think like what was my thing today you know like mm-hmm. what was i feel like that reminds me that that's the reason i'm doing this because how many days in my life before april 1st of this year did i go through not noticing any of those things, you know, and now I think I have such a better appreciation for them. And it's like, I don't want to let any of those little moments go. Right. So it's like, I don't want a day to go now that I'm not like, you know what, this happened today and that was a good thing for me. And and this may be almost an unfair question, but in the past, can you think of days where you feel like, boy, I took a beautiful day for granted in the past? Or, you know, does this... Does this put things into more clear vision? Are you looking through a slightly different lens or, or radically different lens than you were a year ago? Oh, totally. Yeah? I, hand, yeah, not a doubt. Um, I, you know, I, I said to someone the other day, like, I snap at my kids a lot less. I, you know, I worry a lot less about the house being perfectly clean. Like, just things like that just don't, you know, it's not worth worrying about. Like, yeah. if it's not worth getting upset with my kids if we're running five minutes late because they wanted to color a picture. Right. You know what I mean? Like those things, you just, I think the, the diagnosis and then also just trying to focus on really being present and enjoying, you know, every minute yep. um, shows you that how much you take some of that for granted sometimes. It, it's, um, it's hard not to honor the uh, f- finding, not just the silver lining in, in all of that, but just having the presence of mind to be present in your moments, right? You know, it seems like um, a gift to everyone. And I noticed that, that your followers, it, this isn't just a, hey, if you're suffering from cancer or a cancer diagnosis, you know, follow this page. Your followers run the gamut, right? They could be suffering anything. Yeah. And yeah. so we actually, that was intentional from the beginning. Um, I didn't want this to be just about me or just about my diagnosis. Um, every, there so many people in my life were going through other things at mm-hmm. the same time. And, you know, one of, you know, one of my close family members was struggling with like infertility and mm. we, she was a huge help to me through this, you know, like, and to think like here she's facing her own challenge, but every day she reached out to me and checked in on me and wanted to know how I was doing and, you know, would send me funny internet pictures and uh-huh. stuff, you know, and, you know, she, she did that. My, you know, I had a, another friend who would reach out to me every day and check in on me. And, you know, she's got her own life happening. Sure. You know, you just, you realize, like, this isn't just about any one thing. Everyone's got their own thing. 
When I noticed, you know, um, when, when uh, somebody first brought you to my attention, um, I had a look at this page, and I had this expectation that it would be about cancer somehow, and I find myself looking at stories about um, music and cookies and hugs and, um, and, and dreams that people have for their lives and all this gratitude and humor, and it took me a little bit by surprise, and it was kind of, it was really fun to scroll all the way back, which I in fact did, um, and, uh, and, and I was thinking, boy, this probably would be an upbeat thing for anybody in any walk of life, suffering anything, or even if they're not consciously suffering something, just to stop for a moment and have a look and enjoy the mo whatever the goofy thing is or the, um, you know, the bit of wisdom is for that moment, just to take it in. Um, do you ever go back through it? Do you ever, <laughs> so do you ever scroll back yourself and like see like okay what what what, do I, what have I accumulated here? I yes I have. Um, it's so I'm a little bit of a I have a little bit of OCD I would think and I go through and um, so I, in college I was a graphic design and communications major. Yeah. And so I'll go back through and it'll drive me crazy because I like changed the look of the pictures over time or something. I'm like, oh, I should have had consistent branding from the beginning. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what will get me. Um, but no, I mean, it's exciting to me to think about how, you know, we do like a reason to get better every day. And I think we're on like number 113 or something like that. I think that's and exactly right, by the way. <laughs> I keep track of them, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where like, it's exciting to think like someday we're going to be at like day number 5,000 and something, right? And I'm like, that'll be really cool. So it's fun to look back and see. I'm sure I've probably been really duplicative in that 113. There's probably a couple that have been, you know, duplicates. But From what I can tell, you'd be surprised. <laughs> it, it is surprisingly not redundant and entertaining. One other thing I learned in, in scrolling back is that you started that group. I, I don't know if you know. Do you know the date you started that group? No. It was July 14th. So it was, it was, by my count, about three, three and a half months yeah. after your diagnosis. And what I, I don't know everything about you, but I know you are a mother. I know you are a wife. I know you have a career. Um, aren't you, and, and, you're, and you're trying to treat cancer in the meantime. Do you have time for this? Like, why, <laughs> <laughs> why bother doing this? Why not just do it for yourself? Why not just keep something on a on a board for yourself uh, or, or a sticky note, you know, above your little computer screen and yeah. just keep this, you know, private and why make it big? Why make it public? Um, so the reason it started when it did, and I think this is one of the things that really pushed us to make it bigger, was right before I did my final treatment, um, one of my dear family friends reached out to me and was like, hey, let's do a fundraiser. Like, I think you're, you know, you're almost, under, you're, you're all, you could use it as kind of like, as we go into your final treatment, let's do a fundraiser and let's like, what would we, what would you want to do? And, um, she sells these bags called 31 bags or 31 gift bags. Right. And so we decided because I had received so many generous gifts from so many people, people I knew and people I didn't honestly. How cool. Um, throughout my treatment that we would do these chemo care packages. And so we called them hashtag better every day chemo care totes. And we said, you know, let's try to put together like 20. And we started this Facebook group, tried to put them together, and we got 100 bags plus money to buy amazing things to fill them. And the fundraiser was ending, and I said to her, I was like, people have been so engaged with this. I was like, I feel like people want to, like, know what happens with these bags. Like, I right, feel like people right. are going to want to know, like, where we donate them and what we do with them. So I was like, what happens to – I, you know, didn't know a ton about Facebook at the time. I said – what's going to happen? Like, is the event going to get deleted? Like, can, can we right. keep talking? It? Like, it was literally something that started kind of like that. And I, and she's like, well, just start a page. So I was like, okay, you really think people would want to pay attention to that? So we started a page. So then I started kind of posting initially about, okay, where the bags went. Can I stop you? For, so so the, the, the chemo care totes, this mm -hmm. was all put together and you had a hundred of them before you started the page? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's actually, we did that in, we did that right around my, we did the fundraiser before my final treatment, got all of the materials. And then, um, a week after my surgery, we delivered them to my, um, to the patient, the center where I received my treatment. Got it. Got so, it. um, so then you start this page. Yeah. So we started this page cause I didn't want, I didn't know what was going to happen with the digital world. I didn't know where things were going to go. So we started this page to kind of remind people where the things that they had supported were going 
and people just kept wanting to like to to support it and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and then I realized like hey you know like there's things I'm doing beyond the bag that are helping me maybe that would help some of these folks too and so it's just kind of grown from there how cool how cool are you surprised at the growth um yeah, I mean, honestly, like, very pleasantly surprised. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I hoped that it would be something, but I didn't think it would be this big. And, yeah. I, you know, that's been that's been really pleasantly surprised. And honestly, like, it has been a blessing on the days that are hard. Like, it's definitely something to, like, keep your head up and, you know, give you something to focus on and be excited. It seems so, you and I were talking right before we hit play here, and it seems so courageous to me, you know? So it seems difficult enough to go through treatment, to carry the diagnosis in the first place, um, and then to to go public with it. I was sharing with you that I recently recorded a podcast about my brother Tom who had committed suicide, and what I didn't anticipate is the, the feeling of vulnerability that I had. <laughs> um, did you ever have that moment where you were like, ooh, this is, there, you know, now my stuff's out there in the world on Facebook and, you know, did, were you ever anxious about that or were you happy to have it out there? Was so it liberating? I remember the day that I posted on Facebook that I had been diagnosed. And I think that was probably the scariest thing. You know how they talk about making something Facebook official? Yes. And I was like, I really wish I was just making like, I don't know, we bought a house or something. I, yeah. wish I wasn't going on Facebook to say this, but I'm like, I felt like it was important to share. And I think, you know, throughout my whole journey, I've been really open with sharing my story, as has my family, because, you know, I I remember one day specifically, my husband and, you know, everyone, we just, it was not a great day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was talking to someone and I said, you know, listen, this is happening to me, but it's happening to all of you. Like, my mom gave up everything and moved into our house for like 16 weeks. You know, like, she took care of my kids. She made us dinner every night. Like, my hu- you know, she made sure that my husband, like, she did everything I had to do so that, you know, would normally do so that my husband didn't have to worry about that and take care of me. And just, you know, it it's one of those things where I felt like I had a certain responsibility, I think, to be open with sharing my story because it wasn't just happening to me. You know? I love that. I mean, and, and how true. I never really think about that, right? But it does, uh, families are affected by this thing and how lovely that your mom like comes through, right? And like, okay, I'm gonna mm-hmm. fill that role. I'll step into those shoes. And, um, and I, I uh, really appreciate the idea that even though you're the one with the diagnosis, you've got a mandate too somehow, right? And that you're willing to fulfill that mandate. Has, has the process been a joyful one for you? Like, you know, the process of hashtag better every day? Has it been as fun as it would appear to be? Or is it like, well, no, man, I had, I've had cancer the whole time. So not that fun. I mean, that, that part wasn't fun, right. as I would say by traditional terms. Um, no, I think, you know, from the day that we, that Reed first said, you know, better every day. And I remember like the first time I put it in a post, like it just, felt like that was something that like it just felt like me I don't know it just felt like a part of me and so it's been it's been an awesome journey and I think even you know even today this morning I'm you know on the train and I get a note from someone I want to send a tote to my friend what do I do you know and it's just like answering those messages and at night you know my my girls help me take inventory of all the donations we have you know my four-year-old sits there and like sits on the floor and counts crayons you know so She'll be, we can thank her, you know, for learning to count to 100 on <laughs> counting <laughs> donations, I guess. What but, a way to learn it, too, man. Know. I mean, re- something she'll never forget, I would imagine, right? No, I mean, and my girls, they know. I mean, so my girls are four, two, and two, so two-year-old twin girls. And mm. they um, they know, like, these are my the bags for mommy's friends. That's what they say. Wow. You know? So they're always like, is that for your friends? You know, and, but it's it's become a thing that, like, we all do. You know, my husband had shirts made long before better every day was a thing on Facebook my husband had shirts made for all of us one day and it's just it's a it's a thing that's us yeah I think um and I just feel really thankful that we get to share it with other people and then it seems to help some other people too the, the just just the phrase you know somewhere in there um you say you know develop a mantra and you know and and, and work with it and I assume yeah. better every day is the mantra and it's so powerful for three little words man I mean it's like uh-huh. you know if you can carry that and 
and it suggests progression, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just like be present in the moment today, but today should be better than yeah. yesterday, right? Right. Yeah. Do you feel that even on those bad days? Do you feel like I've got to find the thing? I've got to find that moment that's going to make today good. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I think, you know, that's an interesting story too, actually. So, you know, Reed was the one who said better every day, but at the same time that he said it, I had received a note from a family friend who herself had been recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And she said to me, um, you know, develop a mantra to repeat to yourself during the hard times. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking, like, what, what's my thing going to be? Like, what's my mantra going to be? And then um, I have another friend who's a life coach, and I reached out to her about something else. And in the course of talking about things, I said, how do I, how do, I do this? Like, right. You know, and she said, my advice to you would be come at this from a place of healing, not fight. And so when Reed said better every day, I was like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's the positive, like, I'm going to get better. We're going to do this thing that I need. Um, and so, you know, forever grateful to those friends. I don't know if they even realized that wisdom has, <laughs> right, right, right. has, done, has done so much for me. Um, but, you know, it's just, yeah. Healing, not fight. So approach all of this from a place of healing, uh, not fight. So conventional wisdom does suggest like, you know, and I'm picturing like movies, you know, like, and, and, and um, you know, when, when my, my father um, was diagnosed with cancer, and I remember the, the thought of, you know, oh, we'll fight this, you know, like this, this is somehow, this is a mantra that's kind of like widespread, right? Somebody yeah. gets a diagnosis or something happens in a family. We'll, we'll fight this, you know? Mm -hmm. I talked to a young man yesterday and probably gave him the wrong advice. He has some academic issues. We, we'll fight through this. And that does feel like misguided somehow. What's the difference? You know, what's the difference between approaching something from a place of healing versus this place of fighting, like, you know, kind of bearing down? So to me, I think coming at it from a place of healing versus a place of fight or, a, you know, a place of aggression gave me the opportunity to look at it as a positive and to not be angry about it. Mm -hmm. um, because at first, I think you have a lot of, like, in, in my situation, when you get a diagnosis like that, you have a lot of questions and there's a lot of why me's and how did this happen and all of that. Sure. And, you know, worrying about those things doesn't change the current situation right. that you're in. Right? right. So thinking about it that way gave me a different way to approach it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I even catch myself now, like, I won't say, like, you can fight this or whatever. You know, I'll say stay positive. Like, because to me, it's, you know, that made the diff a world of difference for me. It reminds me of um, advice I got from a life coach I was working with years ago. Um, and, and she suggested, oh, you're fighting too much and you're not allowing anything. And, um, and so you're not even allowing joy to come into your life. And, and you exude... I have to tell you, you know, like you exude this kind of peaceful presence, you know, like, and I, I, you don't seem like you're fighting. You seem like you're healing. Um, do you feel like you're healing? I do. I mean, I feel like at the place I am at now. So, I mean, I had my final chemo in July, my surgery in August. So I'm like four months out from that. You know, like the mental game is still hard. Like you can still get in your own head mm -hmm. and there's definitely days that are hard. Um, but I definitely do feel like I'm healing. Like I feel like I'm getting back to being me. Yeah. And I feel like I can do everything I used to be able to do. And yeah. in many ways, I feel like I'm a better version of myself because I'm, you know, I probably eat a lot better now. <laughs> I work out a lot more. <laughs> I, you know, I do things I probably should have been doing for the whole time. But yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have that "why me" feeling? Do you ever have? Do you ever get angry at God or the universe for you know? Um, for imposing this into your life? That's hard to answer. I I think at first everyone does to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. um, I probably had the why me thing. I don't know if I had as much of the anger, but I think once I started thinking about it this way, I never really thought back about it that way. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So ever since we started talking about the better every day and the getting better, that's been so much of our focus that... I don't know. There hasn't really been room for that. You know, I, I still get, there's days where I get frustrated that I'm like, the rest of my life I'm going to worry. Like, I just know I'm going to worry the rest of my life. Right. That's probably my biggest burden. I'm like, Is it? I wish I could, I wish I could just stop worrying and just go do bigger and better things. But 
do you have any do you have any success with that are you ever able to kind of give yourself a break from the worry yeah yeah, yeah. i mean any little ailment i feel i'm like oh my gosh and i get super hyper you know hypochondriac about sure. it but on the moments in between totally you know when i'm hanging out with the kids now and we're doing something fun and you know it's just yeah you can, there's days now which i take as a total sign of healing yeah you know and i have a friend who um was diagnosed with me diagnosed almost a year before me exactly almost actually and i remember she told me you know there's more days now that i don't think about it than days that i do wow and she's like that's how i feel like i've gotten better and i feel like i'm starting to get to that point i still have my moments yeah and there must be hope in hearing other people's messages like that right knowing like okay that that's what the future can feel like for me and i suppose there's always a choice too right that because one thing i haven't sensed from you at all is this idea of victimhood you know what i mean this you know um the why me thing you know um i, I hear more like i think i'm a better version of myself and you know and, and i'm i'm getting better every day and that's my intent yeah no i mean i think so there's a lady who reached out to me the other day um and she said you know i was diagnosed i think she was diagnosed earlier in this year than i was so she, we're on about the same track she's like, honestly i feel like this has been the best year of my life Wow. And I've had, I've talked with several people who say that because, you know, even one of my doctors, actually, he had kidney cancer years ago. And he said, you know, the gift that cancer gives you is this opportunity to look at your life in a different way before most people ever get there. Right. Like many people don't think about their lives the way that you are right now until they're. 80 or 90 years mm -hmm. old, right? You have that opportunity to look at it now and to appreciate those things now, and it changes your perspective. And I think, you know, many people who have gone before me and talked, you know, who I've had the privilege of talking with about it have said that, like, you know, in many ways it was a gift. That's a breathtaking perspective, um, and yet I, I get it. I mean, it's almost a message to anybody who's listening who, you know, who may have a clean bill of health like be present in the moment you never know and you know like and and so yeah take the gift right because mm -hmm. the gifts are in every moment oh yeah so are there three young girls at your house who are <laughs> going to grow up as better everyday people i mean will this be do you think this is going to be a lifelong you know um mantra for your husband for your daughters for your people you work with i mean i for sure i think it'll be a part of our life forever i mean i I hope it will be something forever. If nothing else, I know it'll be our thing. The girls will probably either grow up to love it or hate it. They'll either, <laughs> but when they're 16, they'll probably totally rebel against it and come up with their own saying. I right. don't know. But no, it's it's definitely our thing. And yeah. they, you know, they've got their little shirts that they wear. And my husband and I have joked about we're not really tattoo people, quote unquote, but we've joked about like, we should get a tattoo of that. Like if we were going to get a tattoo, that's what we'd get a Ooh, tattoo it'd be a good, of. Right. It'd be a know? cool tattoo. I get why that would be the <laughs> that thing. That would be the tattoo. <laughs> that would be it. So. Um, there, there are a lot of posts um, that, that had my attention. One in particular jumped out at me. Um, I, I don't recall even roughly when it was, but I think it'll sound familiar to you. You talked about, um, and I think this was about Reed, but I'm not certain, my person brought me a blanket, and I felt loved. My blanket bringing. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, and now I'll cry. Um, I, my husband is probably, I mean, there's no other husband that could win husband of the year this year. Like, that's just oh, hands man. down. Um, <laughs> Way to go, throughout, Reed. <laughs> throughout my treatment, I mean, ever since my diagnosis, mm -hmm. he's been amazing. Um, but one day, I think it was before my second treatment, he gave me a present and it was a blanket that he had made and it had on one side all of the comments that people had posted on Facebook when I had said I was diagnosed and on the other side it had all of their names oh my god so it was all these messages of support and he said now whenever you go to treatment or whenever you're sad you'll have everyone with you like you know we're with you and I brought that blanket to every, every treatment, <laughs> every treatment. And um, so I brought it to all my chemos, and I still, I'm still going through a course of treatment until next May, every three weeks. I always bring it, even when it was like 80 degrees outside. Here I am, like, lugging this big blanket. <laughs> and uh, so then I, I went to treatment the other day, and I think perhaps a sign of, like, feeling better and healing. Like, I didn't bring, like, my whole – I didn't, like, move into the treatment center. Right. And I got there, and I was like, I don't have my blanket. 
and I text him. I was like, I don't have my blanket. And he, he's like, do you need me to go home and get it? And I'm like, you work 20 minutes away. You don't need to go home and get it. Like, that would be silly. Like, I was like, I almost went home and got it, but I didn't want to, like, you know, delay everything. Sure. I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fine. He's like, I'm going to go get your blanket. He's like, you don't mess with what works. And he went and got my blanket, and he came. And it was amazing to have him there because, you know, well, just amazing to have him there in general. But uh-huh. that day, the center was a little bit backed up. And so what should have been, like, an hour treatment was, like, I was there for, like, four hours. And so we just got to hang out. And it was, you know, just nice time with him. But, yeah, he was like, you don't mess with what works. And he brought it to me, and it was awesome. I love everything about that story. <laughs> I love that he did it, right? I mean, you know, um, one mantra that I carry um, and I offer to my, uh, and, and probably jives pretty well with yours, is write the better story, you know? Um, and my gosh, you know, like that day would be unmemorable other than what a pain in the neck it took four hours, you know, and, and it became indelible, I can tell. And what a beautiful moment in your relationship my goodness right I mean how powerful and lovely and I can tell you you know he's been he's been amazing through this huh yeah oh he's been amazing hands down and and have you been surprised at the support of other people that you didn't expect it from I'm amazed I mean like I said so I got the chemo totes that we do now um were inspired by that generosity. I mean, my sister-in-law set up a meal train for us and we didn't have to cook for four months. Like we had dinner every night for four months. I honestly think I almost forgot how to cook. By the time <laughs> to cook again. And, you know, I mean, that was, that in itself was amazing. But then, um, the day that I was the day before I started treatment, this huge box arrived at my house and I was totally perplexed about what it would be because we didn't get mail at that point. Like ever. <laughs> right. um, now I have to really tip my postman at Christmas. I was going to say, uh, that, that has <laughs> changed this year, has yeah, it not? Yeah, totally changed. But <laughs> it was this huge box, and I opened it up, and the week that I started treatment was right after this huge meeting that it was at work, that I had missed at work. And the box was from my team, and it was all sorts of things to help me with treatment. It was like this prayer shawl that they had made, and really cool sock like superhero socks with capes which oh. I then wore to every I had a variety of them I wore to every treatment you know all these things to help me and all these notes of support about having my back and you know being there for me and that like blew my mind like I was so not expecting that and they sent me one every time I had chemo you're kidding the day before chemo every time and just like clockwork and it was amazing and so like that you know that was that was so cool and then the chemo tote thing um in terms of giving them to so many other people that really was inspired by a box that showed up one day that was from a girl I went to college with and I you know I knew her I went to a small college there weren't a ton of us so Uh I like I knew her well but I wouldn't have said we were like best friends or anything right um and she had tracked down my um my address and sent me a box her mom had just um passed unfortunately from breast cancer and she sent me a box of all the things that had helped her mom while her mom was going through chemo and on her journey. And she said, you know, I hope these things bring you comfort. And she said, I also hope you'll ask for help. Like, if you need anything, I hope you ask for help. I wish my mom would have. It would have made her job, her life a lot easier. Mm. And I was just so touched by the fact that, like, this person who, you know, I'm probably not going to see. You right. Know, maybe at a reunion or something. Right, I right. Remember. But not... But, like... I'm not just gonna, with next yeah, door. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to necessarily see her just reach out and say she's thinking about me and she had taken this effort to find me. Um, you know, that meant so much to me. And so that's why, like, we send these bags, you know, all over the country that we've gone, I think, almost 2,000 miles is the farthest bag we've sent. Um, wow. And when we do, we I always put a note to each person in there. And I'm like, you don't know me, but you know, I know you through so-and-so and I wanted you to know, like, I'm thinking about you and I've been there and, you know, because that meant so much, like, you know, I, and I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to know back. I don't, you know, I just want no, people no, no, to no, know. Right, right. But you, you write a note to every single person. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Because you know how meaningful that was to you. Oh Yeah. 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 You know, I, years ago, I, I, I kind of forgotten about this, but years ago, um, I was doing therapy with a woman um, who um, had breast cancer, and what what 
was most upsetting to her was that she felt like people didn't know what to do or say. And so she felt like even like walking through the grocery store down the street, people would avoid her. Like, you know, literally, viscerally, she could tell, you know, that, you know, the people who would normally approach her would avoid her, avoid eye contact with her, not know what to say. Um, and, um, you know, just, just know it, just to have that coming toward you, having people come toward you. And, and, and she said, people would probably say, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to ask you about it. Would you say, oh, no, talk to me. Like, you know, <laughs> talk to those people who are suffering, you know, and address them. Yeah, I mean, to the degree that they want to be addressed. Yeah. You know, I think you have to play everyone. I don't think everyone's as open about it. I mean, through this all, I actually met a woman one day who, um, I, first of all, I wouldn't have known she was had just finished chemo, but um, they didn't tell anyone. Her and her husband and her kids, they didn't tell anyone. Wow. They didn't want anyone to know. They told her family, and they, her family helped take care of her, but they didn't tell anyone else. They wanted to keep it very private. And so I think, you know, there's people on both ends of the spectrum. And to it, me, it, the, your personality, I guess, has something to do with that, huh? Oh, I mean, she's the sweetest, most bubbly person ever. Like, I would have never thought this is something. But just for her, that was a very personal thing that she didn't feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. And, you know, I went very far the other way. Like I said, to me... All these, you know, everyone at work was helping pick up extra stuff at work, right? Everyone, all of my family was helping do all this extra stuff for family. Like, what was happening to me wasn't exactly happening to them, but it was happening to them. Right. And so I felt like, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Like, if you're upset about it, if you're having a bad day, if you're sad about it, or if you have a question about my latest appointment or my treatment or how this works, like, you have every right to ask me because what's happening to me is happening to you too. Ooh, that's power. That's a powerful sentiment. I, I notice, you know, frequently um, on your in your posts and in your description, the word community seems to show up over and over again. Is that part of what that's about? Like, you know, creating this community that's supportive of you and the, and, and a community that you are supportive of. Definitely. No, I think I think community is huge, and I think community is something that I credit greatly for helping me through where you know, where I am, to where I am today. Yeah. You know, I, so I went to St. Norbert College in De Pere, Wisconsin, and a, one of the big Norbertine principles is communio, and just Latin for community, uh -huh. but, you know, I always heard it in college, and, you know, college is just a different age, stage in everyone's life, and right. I don't think I totally got it, right? But if I think about my life now, you know, my six best friends are from college, and to this day, they you know, they dropped everything and drove four hours to come see me when they found out I was diagnosed. Like, you know, they're just like, that's, you know, that is community, yeah. like taking care of each other no matter what. Um, and whether you know someone or not, I think that's important. And so that's where, you know, for better every day, that's where I think it's important. I might not ever meet any of these people right. that receive these bags and that's okay. But I want them to know that they're not alone with whatever they're facing. I, I, I love that. I, I also, you know, in, in the margins, I kind of love that, you, you know, use of um, social media. I think about like, well, a decade ago, you know, I don't know if you could have done this, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and here now you've got this, the, the, you know, Facebook and, and other social media uh, models allow you that opportunity, which is kind of amazing. Um, and I'm with you about that word community. Somehow years ago, that didn't mean much to me. And then once you go through something, you realize, oh yeah, I want my people. I want, <laughs> I want my people, and I want to be a person for somebody. Right. Yeah. That I was struck by that my person when in your, in your blanket story, just because it felt so tender and personal and intimate and so cool, you know. And it's it's a cooler story than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> do you have vision for, you know, an ideal? Ideally, what do you want better every day to be? You know, if we could launch five years into the future. Um. I hope that it's still, I hope whatever it is, that it's still helping people. Um, I think that it can help a lot more people than we are even today. Um, we've got a number of things that we're working on uh, for next year, actually, to branch out beyond cancer. I mean, like I said, it, this has never been about cancer to me. It's just no matter what your challenge is, I truly believe there's, you know, there's a benefit to being present and being focused on the good things that happen in your life. And it can help you through anything, whether it's, you know, you're aspiring to reach a goal and that's your challenge or you're facing an, an ailment or, you know, something that's causing you some kind of personal threat. 
I feel like there's ways that you can get better. So we've got a number of other things um, tied to some of the other, you know, things in our life that have touched us, I mm-hmm. think, is where we'll start. So I, th- I think it could be bigger. I think we could help, you know, do more um, to share this positive mindset and spread it. It's, But I do have to say it's already bigger than I thought it could be. I mean, I've just been floored by how well it's been received. So I, I think it's come along in, a, in an interesting way at a time when we need it kind of collectively. You know, I think I think 2016 has been an odd year kind of culturally and in a lot of ways and personally I think for you maybe um, and and there, there's something about this kind of like overwhelming positive message that I really encourage people to to check out that is necessary now and I love I love the idea that hey this isn't about cancer you know like so it, it's just about humanity it's just about you know um, and being present and available to moments and um, kind of like coming full circle, you know, we're, everybody go, is going through something that takes us out of our game and takes us out of our moments. And I love the idea of just being able to go to a place online for a moment and get into that moment, you know, and maybe it inspires you to, to you know, donate or to get one of these bags together or something like that. And I, uh, the, 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 everything about it is so cool. What does the future look like for you? I don't know. Uh, you know, honestly, like, I'm, I am in my nature, I think, a huge planner. Uh-huh. And I have always planned, like, everything down to the last minute. Um, the last eight months of my life have been, if nothing else, a huge sign that you can't always plan everything. <laughs> so, you know, honestly, I feel like we just live every day for what it is and we take every opportunity we can I mean I think back to eight months ago and you know if my husband would have said let's go do this random road trip I would have been like we can't do that like we've got the kids and we've got work and you know I don't don't know if I can take off work and you know we would have made a different decision there's always a reason not to right sure and then this time you know this year he's like hey, like, should we go to game seven of the World Series? And I was like, yes, we should. Like, you don't even think, I didn't even think twice, you know, and I just, so I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm sure it'll be adventurous. And and, and as a side note, did you go to game seven of the World Series? We did. Good God, what was that like? Oh, my gosh. You know, I said, so in the back of my mind, like, when the Cubs started doing well (laughs) this year, (laughs) coinciding with my diagnosis, you know, (laughs) all summer, I was like, just let this be the year because – you know, like I said, my husband's been husband of the year this year, and he wanted nothing more than to see the Cubs win the World Series, and I wanted nothing more than for him to have something, like, truly amazing to remember this year for, and so, like, you know, we met at the, we actually lived in an apartment building at the corner of Waveland and Magnolia. Oh, my so gosh. So we met right by the, by Wrigley so Field. So this is, like, a block, oh, you no, guys, our whole, from yeah, Wrigley our whole Field. Dating, <laughs> we would literally hear them start playing, like, the music for the, like, before the National Anthem and everything, and walk over and get in our seats. And be there by the time the first pitch went. Like, no it was kidding. awesome. And so, you know, it was – the Cubs have always been a big part of our relationship. Um, and so that was, like, you know, that was that in our wedding reception, you know, you know, we played the seventh inning stretch, part, you know, seven-tenths of the way, seven-ninths of the way through our, our <laughs> wedding reception. And, Are you, you kidding? Know, no, we played the Harry Carey seventh <laughs> inning stretch. Seven, we, had, we had to, like, actually calculate the time. It was a big deal. Um, and then at the end, we played Go Cubs Go. You know, I mean, my kids know the song, the, all the words to Go Go Cubs Go. And it's it's a big part of who we are, and we're season ticket holders. So, like, we've been waiting for a while. <laughs> you're right. Um, and you're real fans. This is real, this meant something to you. This yeah. wasn't like you came into it this year because, right. no, oh, it we, looks like they might do something here. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like, I I grew up in, in Colorado. We didn't have a baseball team most of the time when I was right. growing up. Um, when I moved here, I immediately – you can't not become a Cubs fan when you live at Waveland and Magnolia. My um, God, no. But, you know, for the last 11 years now, I've been a, a Cubs fan. My husband, since I think the day he's been born. I mean, there's pictures of him as a kid waiting for this to happen. So <laughs> when he said, you know, he's actually when he said, I, have, I, should, I should correct my story. When he said, do, should we go to Game 7 in the World Series? My first question was, are you going to be okay being there if they lose? And he said, are you, what if, but what if they win? And I said, yes, let's go. And oh. so we bought tickets. And I'm so glad we were there. I mean, I remember when they tied up the game, I remember him just, like, sinking into his seat 
and I just looked at him and I was like, don't give up on them yet. I was like, you can't give up on them yet. I was like, <laughs> and uh, my family at that point was, was like texting him and me and saying like, don't give up on them. Like, think about everything that's happened this year. Like, just as beat cancer. Like, the Cubs can win the World Series. Oh. <laughs> and, like, it just, it was amazing. And I remember like, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan, but like, I've never like been the kind of fan that's going to like throw their hat and like freak out. And I almost lost my hat like 10 times. And it was like, it was this big thing. And like the guy that sat next to us, we're like friends now. And he like texts us and we're going to meet up for opening day. Like it's, it's, it was the thing, but seeing that happen for him was like, I mean, it was amazing to be there just personally, but to see that happen for him was phenomenal. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, this is an interesting gig doing these podcasts because I, usually come in with some idea of how it's going to go. Um, and I'm inspired by everything you said. In a way, though, what's going to stick with me is that story is so potent. And it's what I, I, what I love most about it is you wanted to see it for him. You wanted to read, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just sounds like you guys have this amazing love story. And somehow this year has been an amazing year for the two of you in the strangest way yeah <laughs> oh it totally has I mean yeah it totally has and you know like I said he's husband of the year so he made the shirts and the blanket and you know going to the game and we went to Napa so w I wanted to go to back go on a trip this year we were going back and forth about where to go I you know I said fine you want to go back to Napa because we like Napa and he had you know we had gone last year I said you want to go back to Napa like that's okay we can go back to Napa like that's cool with me. right he was kind of hesitant the day I got diagnosed, I remember we were sitting in the office, literally, I got, like, when I got diagnosed, and, you know, the doctor left, like, we had a couple minutes of, like, crying or whatever, and then he looked at me, and he's like, all right, we're done crying, like, we're going to get better, and she comes back in, and he goes, and we're going to go to Napa, <laughs> <laughs> and we did, and we went to Napa, and the day that we got there, um, you know, I had been in a, I was asked to be in a fashion show the week before for, um, like, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and they had asked me, like, what's your happy place? And I, like, thought really hard about it. I'm like, where would I say my happy place is? Like, genuinely, like, where am I happiest? Yeah. And my response was, wherever I am with him and my kids. And <laughs> we were sitting at this one winery overlooking, like, the most beautiful scenery. And I said to him, I was like, I lied on that form. Like, this is my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is my happy place. And he, and I, you know, he, we were walking around the grounds a little bit. And I said to him, I was like, if we ever get married again, I was like, and I mean to each other, if we <laughs> right, ever get right. married again, we should get married here. And I turned around and he was on his knee and he had a ring and he reproposed. And he said, you know how I told you we were going to do this tasting at this next winery? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, we're doing a tasting. But he's like, I have a guy. He's like, we're renewing our vows. And he had worked with the guy and rewrote like our vows and it was all about just like how you get through the hard things together and how that makes you so much stronger. I was like, hands down. I mean, seriously, like if there is a contest, he went. Jess, that down. is the most beautiful so. story. It, 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 storybook. I mean, yeah. it's like, um, yes, I, I, I got yeah. husband of the year goes to read. I mean, there's no, uh, <laughs> I was like, there's no way, there's no way I could have scripted that better. I mean, I was literally just being flippant, like, Oh, if we ever get married again, we should get married here. And and so Lo you did. Lo and behold, he was like, well, that was my cue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Reed must have felt like pretty good at that oh, moment. Like, well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, at least yeah. she'll say yes. I'm pretty sure of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Man. That is so great. Um, it is, um, it, it's been a delight to talk to you. And, um, and, and your spirit is kind of overriding and overwhelmingly positive. Um, and, uh, and I suspect a very long and healthy, happy future for you. Do you feel that way? I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel some part, some degree of mission in, in Better Every Day? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, with social media, it's so easy to get caught up in, like, the likes or the comments or whatever, right? And there's times where I'll put something out there, and I'm like, okay, I put it out there in the universe, and it's like, it's like two likes or something. And I'm like, no one, like, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Right. But then I'll be talking to someone and someone will say, you know, I take the stairs every day at work now because 
you t- said that you do that. And I was like, why am I not doing that? So now I'm doing that, you know, and then or someone, right? yeah, or someone will say, you know, I started reading the back of the labels of everything I was eating because I noticed you were doing that. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe I was eating that. Like, so you really inspired <laughs> me to do that. So like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's turned into this thing where, yeah. you know, I know, I feel like we're truly helping other people. And I feel like people on the site are helping each other. I know like there's a couple other people who are, have, been diagnosed and they post something and people have their back and people send them messages of support and it's become this community that I definitely feel forever indebted to because it's helped me so much and I hope it can help so many more. It's so cool and it, and it feels like support and and love and um, taking care of one another begets more of the same, right? So it's not, none of this is, is finite, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of it to go, go around and you are absolutely doing your share um, in, in spreading it. Um, so I so appreciate you being here and I hope you come back sometime. Thanks for having me. I would love to come back <laughs> Great. anytime. And go Cubs go and, Cubs. Uh, and <laughs> read, you know, your, your husband of the year, <laughs> uh, husband of the decade, uh, trophy <laughs> is probably waiting for you somewhere. Um, so, so thank you again, Jess. Thank I you. so appreciate it. And, um, if somebody wants to find you, where do they go? So if you search hashtag better every day on Facebook, um, or if you do Facebook slash better every day group. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, if you're listening, I strongly encourage you to go directly there right now. Um, you can find, as usual, uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes and Podbean and Stitcher, liveleadplay.com and WGN+. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions about the podcast, or you or somebody you know would like to be uh, a guest on the podcast, uh, just write me at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com. Um, if you are a parent, there is a free parenting program on my website at drjohnduffy.com. Check that out. It's simple, five little videos to watch, no big deal. Um, and again, I appreciate it.